enjoy part two of the Mind of Mali interview. This time we're focused on, on NFT. Pop a bottle in your life. Sip it straight and mix it with some soda. Make some memories that we can keep when we get older. Been through misery, I made the bit my fully clover. My energy is plus enough, I'm making mine. This for days and nights, they shut off lace and water. Hope some shit that I can't see me feed into my daughter. Been through misery, I made the bit my fully clover. Energy still for some luck. Bet, bet. Uh, so, of course, we are back. So we're still in the crypto space. However, we're in the space of now NFTs. So I did want to touch on NFTs because people talk about those. You mentioned Ethereum earlier. Um, that's a big major player in the NFT space. So I did want to make sure that we gave you something on NFTs as well. So tell me, what are NFTs, man? NFT stands for non-fungible tokens. And that's the tech answer. And the regular people answer for regular people like us is it's an asset that can't be duplicated. So a unique, non-copyable asset, if you will. So what's one thing that you just really feel like new investors need to understand or know about NFT, in your opinion, just whatever it may be? Taking a JPEG that you can find on a Google search engine and slapping a serial number on it, like a picture, a meme of me like this, taking that picture and slapping one through a thousand serial numbers on it don't make it unique. So like a lot of the things in the space that are being called non-fungible tokens and NFTs. Now you got to understand this is an offshoot of the crypto space that's even newer than crypto. So it's got to find its legs. So if you think about crawl, walk, run like a child, right? It's in the crawl space. A lot of the things that's being sold as NFTs aren't truly non-fungible. Mm. And in other words, like and even uh, more layman's words are garbage. <laughs> so buyer beware man once again I'm a mirror oh, I saw a really good interview with Richard Hart the CEO of the Hex Token and he summed up like what I was feeling for three months I just couldn't find the words for it and I'm going to paraphrase him where he said like if you could sell an NFT right now good for you do it get your money if you're buying NFTs I'd be careful mm -hmm. so that's like as a new investor that's what I want you to think of you're making an NFT get your money off because it's, it's a closing window and I'll tell you why that window is closing it's because some of the biggest issues that I have with NFTs are the downsides, right? So this space, remember how crypto came out. Still ain't no regulation for crypto 12 years later. But it's going to come. It's going to come a time where the things that people have done, like these rug pulls and these assets, like robbing people and just some of these wrong things are going to have to get answered for. And maybe not all of them just because of how massive the space is, which is why my executive order thoughts was like, hey, just shut it all down. And then, you know what I'm saying? Like, kill them all, sort them out later. That kind of attitude. But the same thing with NFTs, right? So an even younger space at around three years old, and it's outpaced any sort of regulation, intellectual property rights, any way to dispute like private. So there's a, a metaverse project called like NFT. So like just and then, yeah, I get free economies and the libertarians don't say free markets, but some things are just morally wrong. There is one called Floyd's right, which is like a, yeah, a collection that. of memes of George Floyd. That's making fun of this guy that got killed, which is why I said black people got to be in this space. So they don't just run off with it. They don't do the Addison Ray thing and TikTok it and run off with it. And then we left on the outside while they making money off our pain and suffering and, and by dehumanizing us. So I don't care like what pop you want to talk like humans should be treated as humans. Right. Like, mm -hmm. I don't care what your stance is on the George Floyd thing. That was a human being that lost his life through an act of violence. And regardless of what side of the coin you on politically. Murder or a human being killed by another human is always regrettable. Yep. Right? Whether it's justified or, or regardless. And I'm going on a tangent. I'm coming back, Warren. So some of these projects that are out here, 
right? There's nothing that's stopping you from taking that song that you just heard, that's mine, mm-hmm. creating an NFT on it, selling it, and then taking the money, right? Now, I can come back and sue later, but one of the things about crypto is, first of all, I got to find who's done it. Yeah. The fact that, like, intellectual property, so as an artist and a creator, intellectual property rights and enforcement of that is, is so important to me. And uh, the space has really done a terrible job because you want to build fast, run fast, and great things. But these these platforms like OpenSea, uh, they haven't done a good job. And they're going to get, they're going to, get forced to mm-hmm. where they have to answer for what is your process for verifying a project that gets minted. And verifying that the person that's minting that project truly owns that project. So I got a cousin that's an artist. And if he ain't in the crypto space and following all these weird podcasts and this stuff like that we're talking about, I could take a piece of his art, write a piece of sports smart contract, and that's it. Get paid from it. Then every time it gets sold, I get paid from that. And then there's really like very little he can do to ever find out that it was done. And if he does find out that it was done, to enforce it or to receive any type of get back or retribution. Retribution is a bad word, but any type of like justification. That's something I, I advise people to be, be, be careful of with NFT, man. If you could sell them and you're selling your stuff, don't go take my song. Don't go take my right. podcast because I'm going to find out. I'm going to find you. And I'm going to get mine, right? <laughs> yeah. And, <laughs> and, uh, and if you steal it, I'm going to send it to Maul to find it so he can... <laughs> Right, right. Y'all not about to play with me. I need my back end. So in all seriousness, man, like if you can sell an NFT, man, move fast before all of this regulation comes in and it cripples you or you just get back in a position to where the rules get put in place and they're they're not equitable to people of color or minority people or just poor people. So you look at Ethereum and the gas fees on Ethereum, right? Ethereum is getting to the point where for regular people, unless you're Kanye West, like for what it costs you to sell an NFT, it's not equitable. It's not just, it's just viable. You're making $600 off a piece of art, but the gas fee is $200. So move fast in that space. Be smart. Yeah. Uh, two things. This one probably hopefully be a quicker answer. So I asked this one first. Sorry. Just because you brought it up. No, you good. Gas <laughs> fees. Bad. Tell people what gas fees are. All right. So gas fees is a cost uh, that, that blockchain charges you to complete a transaction. And then in times of higher demand on that blockchain, it's just like right now, right? You go to a car dealership, and I, I was shopping for a truck. And every dealership I went to, they were like, yo, there's a $5,000 market adjustment. Why? Because there's not enough vehicles to go around for the people. So that's what a gas fee is on the blockchain. There's not enough bandwidth, essentially, to settle these transactions. They got a backlog of transactions. So then they adjust the gas fee and change the price. And really, if you're not a programmer and you don't know where to look, you don't know if that fee, if that's true. Hey, I'm charging you $100 to settle this transaction because there's a lot of demand on the network. If you don't know where to look to see that, like... Once again, comes with that equity piece, right? Which I think there are projects out there with these gas fees that are taking advantage of people. Oh, but the bottom line is you got to research. You got to get smart on this stuff, man. Like you see all these MSNBC articles talking about like nine-year-old made like $30 million selling art. Like, all right. Yeah, like more people going to lose money than can go make money. And you got to, just like any other investment, man, you got to know what you're investing. Absolutely. That's the best investment to ever make. Knowledge of what you're investing in. Ooh, bar. I need, I need my, I told you, bro, I got to get my button. Right. <laughs> yeah, I need my little bet. Bro, I'm sorry. Look, no, you good. I was, actually, uh, <laughs> I was actually laughing because I was searching for your truck and I was thinking about that post you put up the other day that had people mad. <laughs> man, look, bro, uh, uh, come on, man. I ain't going to go down there, right? <laughs> so, like, yeah, hey, look, bad, that's bro. crazy, man. Like, I was going to these dealerships, every dealership, and somebody was like, yo, if you go to a good dealership, it's like, no. Like, and that's why I said, it's not inflation that's telling you, like, that a new Pathfinder is $5,000. It says market adjustment. I was like, what does a market adjustment mean? Oh, so you're taxing people. Mm-hmm. You're adding a tax on it because you can, because mm-hmm. there's a shortage of chips. 
That ain't inflation. Yep. That's that's corporate greed. So yep. now that the gas price is six, seven dollars, you said everything happened six months to a year. These mm-hmm. gas prices and, and they get hurt and they in the corner and now the vehicle stops slowing up. Ain't nobody gonna go buy no fifteen miles per gallon vehicle or twenty miles per gallon vehicle for gas at six dollars. And when them tables turn, I'm gonna go see them and be like, hey, you still got that market adjustment? All right, give me a so that's being just being a smart investor, right? LLC Twitter taught me that. Yeah, LLC Twitter. Nah, I haven't even gone off of here on my ill. I'm doing all my foundational episodes right now. Man, this is probably my first LLC one. Twitter, man. Yeah, I hate LLC Twitter because everything, I'm going to do an episode on LLC Twitter. It ain't the hustle that I don't respect, man. It's the half-bakedness. Like, they have bait. They, mm-hmm. they half-ass things. They get people in trouble, and then it adds people profit. So, like, morally, it's the lack of morality that, yep. that makes me hate LLC Twitter, right? Like, take your time, learn the ins and outs, give people the tools. Like, but don't be trying to run off on, on people because it takes advantage of them. But I, I, I digress. Yeah, no, I gave some really long answers. I hope y'all listeners don't charge it to Warren, charge it to the way my mind works. That's what my podcast <laughs> called Mind of Mally. He's running a great platform and a great yeah, show. I appreciate you. And I hope y'all getting something out of these answers, man. And feel free to hit his comment if there's something that you didn't quite explain or I explained. I try to do the tech answer because understand I'm an IT by trade. I'm a network engineer by trade. And um, then I'll try to break it down to the like, all right, because IT is specialized in. And then Mally or Malcolm is talking to you in common. I hate when people say, oh, it's common sense. Like, no, it's specialized sense. Like, you were in a field for 15 years that that allowed you to be able to look at Bitcoin and say, hey, that makes sense. Right? Like, <laughs> I'm actually glad you brought that up because I was literally sitting here getting ready to say, I forgot to mention that during your short bio that I gave at the beginning. So oh, part of the reason that I had him come up here and talk about this, because y'all know how I feel about these slushy technicians. You made me think about it when you brought up LLC Twitter, because I was you know like, my slushy away. Yeah, yeah it's like, <laughs> y'all know how I feel about these slushy, the slushy machines and all these Egyptian preneurs, because I was like, yeah, I could have went on Facebook and, and who knows something about crypto and NFTs and every slushy technician and, and Egyptian preneur would have came out. Yeah. You right. don't need to invest with anybody to invest in crypto. Right now, from your phone, for free. Exactly. Don't pay anybody to invest in crypto. Exactly. Don't pay anybody for hot tips and VA because nobody knows. There is no utility in this market. It's all speculation. It's all horse race. Pick the prettiest <laughs> horse to you. <laughs> Put what you can afford to lose down on that pretty horse. And when that pretty horse comes out in front, not wins the race, but when it gets out in front, meaning gets up, get out that horse, sell that horse, and pay your freaking tax. No, 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 that wanted to stop you, bro. Cause you giving bars. I need no, that's my do not try, do not get into crypto and make money in crypto. And especially if you want flat and Robin Hood, because they report to the IRS what they paid out. You're gonna get a 1099. Do not evade taxes in crypto. You you gonna do everything right and you still gonna get audited. Yep, Don DeMarco. Right? I got I got audited. I did everything. I reported everything I made. I paid all my taxes and I still got audited. It's because the IRS came out and said a few years ago that they audit poor people more than they audit rich people because rich people have the resources to fight them. So it's just a cheap, it's just cheaper for them to come, come for me yeah. if you make six figures or less. So Boy. pay your taxes, man. So my bad, Warren. Yeah, no, that was good. Yeah, nah, that was, you dropping bars, bro. That's why I needed. The second question after the gas fees that I had, smart contracts, because we didn't really talk about them, the crypto piece, but it's really applicable to the nft piece so talk to me a little bit about smart contracts when he broke it up uh before i let you go into it when he was mentioning about taking the human aspect out of crypto 
or crypto taking the human aspect out of economics or financial transactions, smart contracts trying to allude into that. So if you could talk about those some for me. Right. So smart contracts, I'm going to once again refer you so I don't go all the way down the rabbit hole. Right. I did a real long breakdown. <laughs> it's like over an hour long when I talked about Ethereum because smart contracts are essential to how Ethereum works. So I did a Ethereum ins and outs, like an hour long. But how they work is basically it's a piece of code, right? A piece of programming that you can write to meet any conditions. And that if those conditions are met, then it executes another set of conditions. For instance, I could tokenize title for a car and I could write a contract that says like, hey, this title for my car will be transferred to Warren once this condition is met. And the condition could be that I pay, he pays me $100 a week for eight weeks. And then we put that on the blockchain and we put that on the internet technically. And then I can also write that, con that uh, smart contract to be able to verify when that transaction occurs. So every week it's, it's taxed. I don't, I don't want to say bank account, but it's taxed. It's information that's auditable. Information that says, okay, $100 came out of Warren's account and hit Malcolm's account or his crypto wallet. And then on the eighth time that happens, that smart contract, think about it like a digital escrow. That smart contract will execute the second set of conditions. Like, hey, condition has been met that $800 has been transmitted on a weekly basis from Warren to Malcolm. And now I'm going to transfer this title to Warren. And the cool thing about that smart contract is it's good in, in situations like where you need something like a, a escrow because I can't renege on it. Warren can't renege on it. Or I can't say, hey, I want to go back and change the conditions after the fact. So it gives trust to both parties entering a transaction. So, so, what you, right? so what you're saying is if I buy you a cup, if I'm buying a car from you and I'm supposed to send you $500 every week for the next eight weeks on week mm -hmm. seven, you can't just stop answering the phone. I just sold you a cheap ass car. <laughs> yeah, I can stop answering the phone. Right? I said, honey, I'm going to cut myself. So I can stop answering the phone, but as long as you meet the conditions for your side of the smart contract, that contract's going to execute. Mm-hmm. And because the title is now digital, it lives on the internet, I can't go in and say, hey, give it back to me or try to run off on the plug, so to speak. That's the world we go into. Mm -hmm. There's people on both sides of transactions want peace of mind, right? Mm -hmm. Y'all done met up with somebody for an offer up and been like, hey, I'm gonna save this item or whatever it is for $100 and then you show up and they trying to give you more, God, God forbid, they show up and they got this, it's going for free today. So smart contract gives, brings trust, so for the financial side of things, it brings trust. It takes away the, the problem of having to trust the party on the other side for both parties, right? And now here's the downside with that. They're only as good as the person who programmed them. And that's where you, you see a lot of these hacks or these um, exploits take advantage of smart contracts because there's something that you do in programming. It's called an audit. So I write a piece of code and then I have somebody else with a second set of eyes look at it. But a lot of these people rush these smart contracts and they don't code them properly. And then they put the contract up and they share it with me. And then I start looking through the contract and say, hey, it sounds supposed to send this guy $100 or $500 a week for eight weeks. And then I get this digital asset or whatever it is exchanged to me. But, oh, look, they left a loophole in the bottom that if I just hit the freaking zero key four times, it'll make the contract automatically. And that's like a very rudimentary example. It'll make the contract execute the condition that says send a title. Me. So that's how people get robbed through smart contracts because they're, once again, they take the human element out of it, yet they're only as good as the human who programmed them. Understood. Nah, thank you for that. I was going to jump to and this last question actually, um, about that, asking you. So, of course, your podcast, that's our main or your main place for breakdown, because I know this was a, a long podcast for us. However, he goes yeah, so actually was, like 
like this super into depth, man. Yeah, he goes super into depth, like in some of these very individual concepts. So even if something seemingly went over your head, whatever the case may be, check his podcast out. The link is in the description. Now, with that being said, is there anything that people need to read or need to watch or do anything before they come listen to your podcast so that it doesn't just like totally go over the head? If they were to start in the middle is what I'm kind of getting at. I love this question, man, because this is the question that we talked about. You already know where I'm going with this. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, so so look, man, I'm going to tell y'all, like, operate somewhere different, man. My podcast, I don't do no price predictions. I don't do no buy this. I don't do no buy that because, like I told you, no matter how it worked out for you, it's not going to work out for me if I do that, right? And then morally, I couldn't do that and take advantage of people for the sake of views or checks and then sleep at night. And then if you do it to the wrong person, like you, I'll be walking out my door to go to work and get shot in the <laughs> face, right? Because somebody not going to listen and they're going to do the opposite of what you say. Do They're going to put all their stuff in and they're going to lose their whole fortune in their life and then they're going to blame you for it. So I'm very mm-hmm. conscious about the way I put information out. And what I want when I'm putting this information out, I'm going to answer your question, Warren. What I want when I put this information out is I want people to be, I want people, I want to equip people. Because I honestly believe if I give you the right information and the right way, to, not way to think, or where to look, then you're going to find the stuff that worked for you and be where you're supposed to be because that's just how the universe works, in my opinion. So I tell people, like, I don't care if you don't watch my podcast. I don't care if you don't come listen to me. But um, if you want to get in this space, man, like, there's uh, a couple resources I give everybody. And you got to do some legwork. I said at the beginning, like, everybody wanted to just put a dollar down on Doge and then wake up a billionaire. And then the thing that I hate about the crypto space, I hate the toxicity in the space. Not only do people want to put a dollar down on Doge and become a billionaire, but after they do that, they want to say, I told you so to everybody that didn't listen to them. Mm-hmm. And that's what, one thing that I hate about this space. Is it's not good enough for people to just make their money and, and change their lives and set their family up for generational wealth and just get out the way. But they got to come be nasty people and say, because it's, it's tribalism. It's 18,000 choices you can make. And I want to pick the one so I could tell Warren, see, you're not as smart as me. And my ego ain't that big. So that's one of the things I hate about this space is the toxicity, right? So everybody want to put down a dollar and reap a billion dollars of rewards for nothing. And then they want to pat themselves on the back for how smart they are. But um, what I try to equip people with is that I'm going to give you some good information, but you got to put in some real work if you're trying to change your life. But no free lunch. Because, yeah, you might have got lucky on Doge without, by taking minimal risk, but it ain't happened yet. It's been very few people that it's worked out for that where they will take very minimal risk and I'm going to get very well paid for it. And you know that those are those people because they're in your face about it. Mm. <laughs> um, um, you know what I'm saying? Like nobody that yep. put real work in, took real risk, watched their net worth dip to like three percent of what they started off with, and was like, "Oh shit, man, is my family gonna leave me?" Because right. I, I fumbled the bag. It's gonna go through that, make it on the other side of that, and then like throw it in somebody's face. So I'm gonna tell you to put in some real work, man. I tell people, man, like it's one of my favorite movies. Watch The Big Short. Mm-hmm. It's such a good movie because you got Christian Bale in it, and it's about it's these really guys that saw. They saw the financial market crisis happening and they shorted it, right? Which had never been done in American history. If you're trying to be extraordinary and you're trying to go somewhere, you got to do something people ain't never done. I told you, I like, go find a billionaire's quote that made you another billionaire. These guys made billions of dollars by doing the opposite of what they were told to do. So I, my, my thing is like 99 people going down one row, right? 401k, IRA, and I ain't knocking these tools. They a way to get there. But like, if... Everybody was going, all of us were going to get rich and financially independent doing that. They wouldn't be telling us to do that because if everybody's rich, nobody's rich. So I always take everything with a grain of salt. And I'm a little bit of contrarian. Watch the big shorts. You can understand the context of, because when you watch the big short and the, and the, and the fallout of that housing market crisis, then you'll see why in 2010, 
Satoshi Nakamoto, whoever he or she is, or they are, were so disgusted with the system that they created Bitcoin. And then from that, it morphed into 18,000 iterations of what it is. Start with the big short. The next thing I'm going to tell you to watch is it's a free documentary you can find probably on Amazon. I might be streaming on Amazon. I know it's on YouTube, but it's free. It's called Banking on Bitcoin. Yeah, um, I watched it on Amazon. I watched it on Amazon. Mm-hmm. For what it's worth, he gave me this exact same list a couple of years ago, like we referenced, and I've watched all of these. So that one is on Amazon, unless they took it off. I watched it personally on Amazon. It's free. Everything on this list he's giving you, I personally watched because, and it helped me tremendously because he told me a whole lot. But as you can see, it can be a lot. <laughs> like, yeah. it can just be a lot of yeah, stuff. Yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot. And um, the crazy thing is, like, for me, I was finding these things, like, months apart. Mm-hmm. So now I'm giving it, and now it's a gift, right? I'm going to give it to you. And you can watch one one day. You can watch another one next weekend. They're pretty entertaining mm-hmm. documentaries and movies. Big short. Banking on Bitcoin. And then I always tell people to start with the OG. Because you got to know where you came from and know where this whole thing going. And then that helps you look at things in a macro. Read the Bitcoin white paper by Satoshi Nakamoto. Mm-hmm. Read that white paper. You're going to go through it. It's going to have all this technical jargon. When you hit, every time you hit something that you describe or a concept or a tech that you don't understand, highlight it. Then Google it. Mm-hmm. Highlight it, Google it. Highlight it, Google it. Highlight it, Google it. And or go to YouTube and and Google that that term because there's somebody up there that's explaining it in layman's terms or what I said our regular people's terms, right? And I think you can work from there. And then once you've got that context historical, what led this thing to become a market, a three trillion dollar market now, right? That's the high that it's hit. What happened to the first one through the door, the first people that were investing in Bitcoin? Because some of them cats in prison, right? Um, yep. Or and all kinds of stuff. And then the vision of what Satoshi was trying to do, what he was able to do with Bitcoin and what he wasn't able to do, mm-hmm. right? And that's where you're looking at. So like, like I said, in 2017, when I talked to old boy, he was like, hey, happy hunting. You're never going to hear from me again. I was like, all right, let me look at Bitcoin again. So I went back and looked at it. And I was like, yo, there's a lot of stuff this asset don't do. And then I looked around, started looking around, was like, hey, is anybody solving this problem? And then at the time, it was like 3,000 projects. And then I just started from the top one, and I just started reading every night. You go on CoinMarketCap or whichever crypto uh, market you follow, CoinMarketCap, CoinPrica. Most of these white papers are listed right there. Like, so you hit the Bitcoin, and you scroll through all the information. It'll give you a history of it, what started it, who, who founded it. It'll tell you how many are out there, all the metrics price of it and then it'll still like a link to the white paper man and i just literally took the first one i started with bitcoin ethereum xrp and i just went all the way down every day for three years so i did all the nerd stuff and that's what i'm um, divulging in my podcast that's what i talk about but i'm never going to tell somebody not to look for themselves because like don't believe me don't invest in any of this stuff because i said it invest in it because you saw it for yourself and you believe in it or you see there's some value there because I don't need your money. I'm not saying that because I made a lot of money or anything like that. Money's not a, a motivator for me or a driver. I'm playing a different kind of game. And we could, that's a whole different talk y'all can hear on Wednesdays on my podcast. But yeah, man, starting those places. And then if you do something that I said or you like the way I break it down, man, give me a follow, man. Then follow me on the podcast. Ask some questions because I'm honestly passionate about this space and passionate about the stuff that I, y'all can probably tell how long my answers are. I'm passionate about the stuff I talk about. And it ain't no skin off my back to talk about it or answer questions because it actually gives me content to make. But I thank you, bro, for giving me the chance to talk. And, and also for bigging on my platform and letting me plug it on your joint. Oh, absolutely, <laughs> bro. So many times, man. But I think I really hope, man, is I hope that people get something out of this. The best time to plant a tree was yesterday. Second best time is today. Start where you at. I said DCA, but that's dollar cost averaging, right? If you in the stocks or TSP or 401k or IRA, man, $20, $30 here. We know it's not going away. And the best you can do is make some money. 
The worst you could do is lose something that you could afford to lose anyway. So I think about four years from now, if some of these things you get in the right projects, even if you just took a crap top 10, I don't know, maybe you want to go about it that way. And you just put $10 on the top 10 every week for the next five years. And you lost all of that. That's really minimal to what you could spend to gain if any one of those like breaks out and becomes the next Bitcoin. Because in my opinion, something's going to Bitcoin because of the limitations. So Bitcoin started off as peer-to-peer payments. When that didn't work, they said, oh, it's a store of value as digital gold. And they shifted the narrative around Bitcoin. I talk about that on my podcast too, right? So now the question is, that I'd be asking is like, all right, so if it started off as peer-to-peer network payment and that won't um successful, what is going to be successful at that? If Ethereum was supposed to do X, Y, Z and it ain't successful and they're going to eat 2.0, it's going to fill that void. If Ethereum is selling as a smart contract platform or as an NFT platform, and there's cheaper places to do smart contracts or NFTs. What are they? How much are they? Are they affordable? All right, let me get some of that. So when all that unequitable shit like those, which is what's happening right now on ETH, those developers move off that platform and say, hey, I'm going somewhere cheaper. And that brings an influx of capital. And if you were going somewhere cheaper before they got there, you stand to make some money, man. So best case, you stand to make some money. Worst case, you stand to lose something that you could afford to lose, man. Be smart. Research. I definitely appreciate the information, man. And now, nah, bro, what's mine is yours, bro. So I don't have no problem. <laughs> you welcome back because we're going to have you back because listen, I appreciate man. After the license get done, I got to have them back at Smoking Pepper CEO. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, we gotta, I got to have them back for that. So we still got to talk about that because we got to yeah, talk about funny, the, actually because a lot of my followers and listeners are interested in starting restaurants, interested in oh, doing yeah, that. Yeah. And so I actually want you to talk about the business side of that. Also, okay. like, how do you start up a business going about some of those licenses? We got to talk about Ghost Kitchen, some of those kind of things. So oh, yeah. y'all going to see oh, yeah. him again. Yeah. So y'all going to see him again probably real soon. Yeah, man. Like, keep following us, dude, man. He a good dude. His heart in the right place, man. We don't do this for money. We don't do this for money. We do it because we know, like, if we give the right value out, I mean, I could have a whole different conversation about how the internet changes value propositions. You're going to get what you're meant to get. So there's enough on this planet for everybody to have enough. Mm-hmm. There's just not enough on this planet for everybody to have everything. You know, he come from, well, I rock with him so hard because Warren has an abundance mentality. So you read The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People by Dr. Stephen Covey. Talks about the difference between abundance and scarcity mentality. And abundance mentality changed my life. I adopted an abundance mentality. It changed my life, man. So I hope y'all got something out of that. I hope my answers weren't too high level. Ask questions in the comments if, if you need to. But don't miss the message. Cause you don't like the vessel because Mal talk too much. Don't miss the message because you don't like the vessel. And it's two hours long, man. Please sit through it. Y'all probably, if they already checked out, they go hit that, man. Yeah, <laughs> nah, it's cool. This, nah, I might just go ahead. I might probably, I probably split it up into two pieces for them. All right, man. I'm you sorry. Did. I'm sorry. It went so no, long. No, you good. I, I know I can give a lot. Of, I feel like y'all, y'all need it if you're like new to this. And I hope I explained it at a level that you understand. All right. Thank you so much, brother. I love you. I appreciate you. Oh, you too, Thanks bro. for being on the show, man. Thanks for having me, bro. Pop a bottle in your life. Sip it straight and mix it with some soda. Make some memories that we can keep when we get older. Been through misery, I made the bit my folly clover. My energy is fussing up, I'm making mine. This for days and nights, they shut off lace and water. Hope some shit that I can't see me feeding to my daughter. Been through misery, I made the bit my folly clover. Energy still fussing up.